0: Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by a Northwest Division expert, Spencer Frank, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Jazz, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Trailblazers. Spencer, talk to us a little bit about the Nuggets. And I've really seen so much about Jokic really um, making some, putting some distance between himself and the, and the, and the competition and the MVP conversation. Um, what, what are the Nuggets looking like?
1: Yeah, he really is. I, he's just one of the players in the conversation that he hasn't really hit a wall this year yet he's just been able to stay consistent with what he's doing and and puts up mvp performances night in and night out they went 3 and 0 on the week and they had a really tough game against the 76ers it was just a grind it out game it was their first time welcoming fans back and the players just loved having that Energy and it showed in their quick start. They built a 25 point lead up at one point, but the 76ers were able to make it a game. And their second unit actually was able to push that comeback, but the Nuggets ended up winning by nine. And what really stuck out to me was their scoring depth. They had three guys finish with 20 plus points Murray, Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. And I continue to touch on Porter Jr.'s importance going into the playoffs. And if he can really find his confidence in his shooting and scoring ability, they're going to be a tough team in the playoffs. Also, this week we saw Aaron Gordon make his debut after the trade deadline. He had 13 points against Atlanta, and he started for them every game since he got there. What I'm really looking forward to seeing from him is his defense. He had so much length and physicality to their perimeter defense and can really guard a lot of positions on the floor. Coming up this week, they're going into L.A. to play the Clippers. I'm excited to watch that game. I think it's a really good test for them as we get closer to the playoffs. I want to see how Aaron Gordon matches up with the Clippers and and who they rotate him on the floor. After that, they have a five-game homestand. So I think those five games give them a great chance to move up in the standings. They're currently at the five seed, but they're only two games back from the three seed since the West is such a tight race. And if they're able to get the job done in those five games, we could see them move up a seed.
0: I um, see a player from a small market really starting uh, to, to get that kind of recognition for himself if this were to happen. Um, moving over to the team then like the Timberwolves, who really all season we've been kind of putting at the bearing at the end of this division breakdown because they've been playing so terribly. Um, also seeing kind of them as a super small market team starting to see a little bit of, of, of success post-all-star post, post All-Star break. Uh, What have you really been seeing from them?
1: Yeah, they're starting to get that feature momentum that I've talked about. They went two and two on the week, but a one bright spot for them is they've won five games since all-star break, which is... A lot, of, a lot of wins in a short amount of time for them compared to their record going into the break. They played Brooklyn tight, only losing by five, and Harden and Kyrie were both playing that game, so that was a good sign to see that they can compete with a higher caliber team. But I think the best game for them this week was their one-point win against the Knicks. I loved seeing Anthony Edwards lead the rally to get back into the game. They were down, and And he kind of took over and, and showed what he could do. He had 11 of his 24 points in the final eight minutes of the game. And not only was he dominant on the offensive end, he had a really good defensive outing. He finished with three blocks and three steals. And we've heard guys in the Timberwolves Staff talk about him needing to improve on the defensive end, and I I really see that improvement trending in the right direction. They outscored the Knicks 22-9 in the last seven minutes, 50 seconds of the game, and Edwards was a big part of that. The Timberwolves are another team with that great scoring balance that I talked about with the Nuggets. That game in particular, they had four guys finish with 18-plus points, Town, Edwards, McDaniels, and Beasley. And like I said, it's really great to see Edwards kind of take control and impose himself late in the game being such a young guy, I think these are the times for him to experience when obviously they're not in the playoff contention. And it's really a great opportunity for him to get comfortable and Kind of taking over games, and it is that future momentum which I talk about the theme for them for the rest of the season. In terms of guys being injured, they have two guys who are still out: Josh Okogie and D'Angelo Russell. Still are still out. D'Angelo Russell was able to go five on five at practice recently, and team doctors said he should be able to return to play with, within the next two weeks. So I'm excited to see him kind of join those four guys, and they really do have a, a good young talent, a, a good young talented roster. And I think they're a team that's better than their record reflects this year. They've just had had so many injuries and COVID struggles. They haven't really been able to get that momentum going.
0: Great stuff there in terms of how there's some momentum. And then thinking about the team like the Thunder, um, they, so they're a team that's obviously acquired a bunch more picks the deadline on their already treasure trove of draft picks and, and future assets. Um, but, you know, recently, I mean, they've kind of still been kind of a no man's land. I mean, where do we kind of see them going from here as we, as we start near the end of the season?
1: Yeah, unfortunately... Uh, Their best player, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, is out till at least mid-April with plantar fasciitis in his right foot. He hasn't played a game since March 22nd, Um, but he is having a breakout season. He's averaging 23.7 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 5 assists in 35 games. And I think the Thunder are starting to shift, if not already shifted, towards focusing more on the player development side of things and working towards the future. They do have a ton of picks in in the next few years. They're going to be eligible to get a high draft pick this year due to their record, and, and hopefully hopefully the balls land in their court for the lottery. But they're hoping to get Shy back to play a handful of games to continue that momentum. They went one and two on the week. But talking about Shy, what's impressed me most about him this year is his efficiency at such a young age. I really think having Chris Paul to learn from last year was huge for his career. And being so young and having the ball so much, he's remained so efficient still. He shoots 50.8% from the field, 41.8% from three. 80.8% from the free throw line. I think he could be a 50, 40, 90 guy at some point in his career if he just improves that free throw percentage a little bit more.
0: And wrapping up with some of these other teams that have also just been on, on these huge, big win streaks and really had had great weeks recently, um, the Blazers, I'm really curious to see as to how a team that really made some key moves like Norman Powell over the trade deadline really have been kind of
1: showing their those new toys. He's been a great addition to their team. They went 3-0 and this week, which puts them at a four-game win streak. Uh, not only did Norman Powell join the team, but CJ McCollum's working himself back into his groove after being out for some time. He had 22 against Orlando. He scored seven of his 23 points in two minutes of the ga- in the last two minutes of the game to beat the Raptors this week by five and then had 24 against Detroit in their last game of the week. So I think he's fully back and fully healthy, ready to go. We did see him struggle that first game. He came back, but it took him no time to get back in, in his groove. And going over to Norman Powell, he had 22 points in his debut with Portland against the Magic and then had 13 and 14 in the next two games. But what really stands out to me is the defense he adds to the team, not only his length on the perimeter, but on the offensive end, his scoring efficiency. He shot over 50% from the field all three games with Portland. And that's someone where you have two of the best backcourt players in the league with Dame and CJ. And if they're driving and kicking or giving it up, you better be ready to hit shots. And to me, Norman Powell is just perfect to be spotting up in that corner. And he really does make a living hitting threes out of the corner. I'm looking forward to seeing this three guard lineup into the as we head into the playoffs
0: and wrapping up with the jazz who've been on a tear really all year there's they're still on a seven game win streak 4-0 for the week talk to us about them and how you've kind of seen maybe some of some of their uh, uh younger guys um really try to help them get through the dog days of the season
1: yeah they're just a team that has so much depth on the bench and so many guys who can who can put up 20 a night if somebody's off or somebody needs to pick up the slack they've went 4-0 on the week and like you said that puts them on a seven game win streak They did hit a little rough patch going into the All-Star break and right after the All-Star break dropping four games in a six-game stretch. Um, I think that just had to do with some fatigue and that mid-season lull. Nothing too alarming. They were able to smooth things out real quick and get back to their ways with a seven-game win streak. They do have the easiest second half schedule in the league in terms of opponents winning percentage. Despite that I really still think they're their biggest opponents. I think they have to focus in and smooth out those wrinkles and just in time for playoffs and can't really take games off Uh, i don't see them slipping up enough to drop from the one seed phoenix is the closest team at the two seed three and a half games back but considering the jazz's schedule and their depth i don't really see them dropping out of the one spot they did add matt thomas he hasn't really had too much of a chance to play yet with with the jazz he had zero points in his debut only playing seven minutes and then five points in his second game only playing nine minutes and hasn't played since monday but I do think he's a piece that going forward in the playoffs, when his number is called, he's, he's a guy who's ready and, and can hit shots at a high clip. One thing I talked about previously and, and is still just proving true today is Mike Conley. He's really just found his niche with the Jazz. Um, he's getting hot at the right time. He had 26-7 and seven against Memphis and 13 of his 26 in the fourth quarter. And again, he's a guy who's really efficient as well. He's shooting 45% from the field which is pretty typical for his career, but he's had a big improvement this year from the three, shooting it at 40%, 42%. I really wonder if he can keep it going into the playoffs. And that's just such a big piece for the Jazz's success, being a guy who's a vet experience in the playoffs and can kind of take over games. So I'm excited to see what he can do in the playoffs this year.
0: Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Central Division expert, Zach Carson. Here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Bucks, Bulls, Cavs, Pacers, and Pistons. Zach, tell us a little bit about the Cavs this week. Um, they've had a few guys return to the lineup, but I'm curious to see where, where they can go moving forward.
2: Last night, Vadova and Kevin Love made the returns. Uh, Kevin Love has played this year. Deli is not. Uh, Deli was healthy, scoreless, but he still had five assists in the 16 minutes that he saw. Kevin Love had 13 points in his 20 minutes of action, where he had eight points in his first three minutes. But yeah, those were their returning guys. Last night, they lost to Philly by 20. They lost to Utah by 40 and had a West Coast road trip where they lost every game.
0: Moving over to the Bulls, they've been on a little bit of a skid lately. Yeah. With with the monster trade they made during the trade deadline, maybe one of the biggest ones and the best players getting moved. Um, what do you see happening with them?
2: So the Bulls are currently on a five-game losing streak, but I don't think that's too much to worry about. Luchovic last night had 24 and 10. Uh, he's fitting in well with their their rotation. Uh, Zach Levine missed his first game of the year last night with a right ankle sprain, uh, which is something to keep an eye on, but I think he'll be day-to-day. It shouldn't be too big of a deal. But Vucevic is really flowing nicely with the offense. He's fitting well. Chemistry seems to be there, and I'm impressed with how well he started with them. I thought he'd be off to a slow start, but he's in midseason form.
0: Interesting stuff there, and then thinking about the Pistons, how have they been since buying up Blake Griffin?
2: So the Pistons only have two wins since Blake was bought out. They beat the Wizards last night by 30. They had a great game. And then Josh Jackson, since being held scoreless the other night versus Portland, had 31 points. And uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Their starting lineup in their, in their win versus Washington, they were a plus 108. Mason Plumlee had 13, 11, and 7 and was a plus 31. And they've had a, they have a tough three games coming up, playing Portland in Portland and playing the Clippers twice.
0: And then what about the Pacers, who are kind of hovering around 500? Where do you see them finishing off this season right after the trade deadline?
2: Yeah, the Pacers are hovering at around 500 right now. They're 21-25. I think they need to make a change to make a playoff push. They lost 92-87 to 87 to the Heat last night, where Oladipo made his debut and only scored six points. But Sabonis, Brogdon, and Justin Holiday combined for just 21 points, and they... They need to play better if they're going to make a playoff push.
0: Finishing things off with the Bucs, obviously by far the best team in this division. Have their recent games been? Where where, where do you really see them taking uh, the end of the season as one of the best teams in the league?
2: So the other day the Bucs played what I think was their most entertaining game of the year versus the Knicks, where it was the second night of a back-to-back and they quote unquote rested their starting seven minus Brooke Lopez, where everybody seemed to have an injury that went away the next day to avoid load management. So they started Sam Merrill, Jordan Nora, Axel Tupon, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Thanasis had a crazy game of 23, 10 and five. Jordan Wara in his first NBA start at 21 and 10 on 7 of 18 shooting. Sam Merrill brought eight points. Mamadi Diokite had eight points off the bench. They ended up losing the game by six, 102.96, but it was a really entertaining game. The other day, they played the Lakers, the shorthanded Lakers, for the second time in NBA history. Three brothers shared the court at the same time. And Giannis even said post game that that was his favorite moment in the NBA his entire career. So that was cool to see. They beat them by 15, 112.97. And the Bucs are currently in the middle of a West Coast road trip, having played the Clippers. In the Lakers already, they got Portland tonight. Then they have Sacramento, Golden State, and Dallas coming up.
0: Zach, obviously a couple of big games coming up for this division um, over the next few days. What, what, do you have any any predictions for how some of those might go?
2: Yeah, Bucs facing the Blazers tonight. I have the Bucks winning by 12, but it should be a good game.